Hey. Welcome to this week's <laughs> episode of The 13th Floor. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And I've got a song stuck in my head, you guys. You the know wheels on the bus go round and round. Not that one. Oh. Not that one. Mm. I want to be forever young. I thought it was peaches, peaches, uh, peaches, peaches, peaches. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, for sure. Yeah, no, oh. I also have the Peaches song from the Mario movie stuck in my head, too. Uh, and depending on how your night goes, might be as foreshadowing for you. Oh, my. Alex, oh, my, oh, my goodness. Oh, wink to you, dear uh, listener. Listen, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh sorry. I apologize <laughs> on Alex's behalf. I what? Keep, I keep wanting to call you Archer. You, you just called James Archer before we started recording. I know. I'm you sorry, did. James. Just view both of you as babies. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, James, how have you been? It's been a while since we've recorded. It really has. Yeah, it's. It feel, I think it's been a month. Really, it's been a while. We've been yeah. we've been really busy, guys. We've been sure. working like crazy. James has had yeah. lots of stuff going on with the inventors stuff that yeah. he does. So it's just yeah. been nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Archer just turned one, so he's walking now. So we've had a lot. We've been having to baby-proof the house again. Yeah. He's a he's a regular roadrunner. Yeah, he's getting fast, yeah. you guys. Except for instead of uh, never running into trouble, he always runs into trouble. Yes. <laughs> Maybe more of a wily e. Coyote situation. Well, listen. Mm. Enough about Archer. Enough about us just being busy. I want to give some hearty hellos. Yeah. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Today in the United States of America, we're going to give a hearty hello to Oklahoma. Oh, howdy, partners. Hello to everybody in Oklahoma, and thank you so much for tuning in because you guys have listened the most so far for the month of May. And then abroad, we are going to say hello to Australia and just the entire continent of Australia. Because it's been pretty even across all regions, downloads. Yeah, it's evenly horrifying in all of it. Oof, Alex. <laughs> Just all the animals. It's not the people. Yeah. It's the animals. Alex is terrified <laughs> of the spiders. and what, uh, James? It's mostly the spiders. James, how have your spiders been? They've been good. Fire finally ate, and so that's something that I'm very Praise pleased God. with. Praise God. I've been so Everybody worried. Everybody else is doing good. Good. Everybody else is doing good. So, yeah. Isn't there? Is there one named Oolong? Yes, Oolong's doing good too. Mm, Are you gonna have a Krillin <laughs> soon? Uh, no, they're they're named after the T. Like I the know, are, I know, so, but yeah. but let's get it, let's get it together. Let's be, let's be real. <laughs> listen, listen, you do have a creature named Pickles, so they're not all I named do. after drinks. Oh, that's not true. Worse, James. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just in a weird mood today. James. This, is, this is how she talks to Archer. It's not how we talk to Archer. Don't even put that in our listeners' brains. James, listen, I think that it's time for an icebreaker. What's our icebreaker today? Yeah, well, I was, since we're, we're talking about, let's go ahead and say what we're talking about. Uh, wacky, weird, strange, creepy science experiments. Ooh. So... That that makes me wonder, um, what's like a discovery, you know, not something we're talking about, but just, you know, something that was made to better humankind scientifically that you, frankly, could do without? 
like you would actually prefer if it had never been uh, discovered yeah. or experimented upon. Oh, that's a hard one. I feel like that one requires a little thought. Mm. So, uh, James, I'm going to challenge you. I want you to give your answer first so that I can think on this for a second. Uh, sure. Well, for me, and I realize this is a controversial statement because it, there would have been a huge lapse in progress. Who knows what the world would be like if they hadn't done this. But I got to say, plastics, uh, I'm not a fan anymore. You know, oh. like, yeah, I, I, you know, all the microplastics and hormone disruptors and it turns out all the bad stuff that happens as a result. Wish we'd stuck with, uh, you know, glass milk bottles and uh, barrel buckets. That's a very good answer, James. Thank you. Oh, James, you just set civilization back about 40 years. No, it's, yeah. uh, listen, we would be in a better spot health-wise sure. if yeah. that stuff yeah. didn't exist. Mm, Agreed. This something I worry about constantly. But we wouldn't have sand on our beaches. What? Because we'd need so much sand <laughs> to make all that glass. Uh, okay, well, you know what? <laughs> you got me there. Um, I I know that this is a fairly new development, but it worries mm. me. It worries me a lot, and that mm. is the direction that artificial intelligence is going in. Uh, I knew that's where you're going. Yeah. yeah, you you knew that that's what I was going to say. Yeah. James. That's and, the well, whole it's reason. Funny. I was I was a naysayer until like this week, and now I'm like, oh, oh. this could be bad. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. See, yeah. guys, James, listeners, what, what, listeners. What has happened, James? Every time that we talk uh, to James about this, he's like so pro AI. And I think that yeah. this is the first time you've ever said that you're like a little bit nervous about it. That's right. Yep. And, you know, it's not negatively affected me directly. But I, one, I've been seeing a lot of bad articles lately written by AI that are misinforming people. And two, uh, I'm seeing more and more people who are being adversely affected when I did not think there would be that many adverse effects so yeah the writing's on the wall ai not not a fan anymore yeah oh, wow james yeah. this is quite the turn big flip-flop yeah skynet is coming for you my friend <laughs> exactly. i james i'm actually i'm very surprised but i'm also very yeah. i don't want to say i'm pleased because <laughs> <laughs> she wants to yeah, say it, it's not good because you know I, I joked in a previous uh episode you know you will be replaced turns out we will. <laughs> yeah, I, I worry about just the state of the economy because there are so many people that can and probably will lose their jobs yeah. when AI. Well, you know, what will happen is we'll ask AI to streamline the economy and it will determine that those people need to be made into dog food. That's what's going to happen. Oh, James. <laughs> well, yeah. Alex, what's your answer? Um, I think I want to go with, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to say it. Sandals that go between the toes. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Whoever thought that this was a great idea? Flip flops. Just a psychopath. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Those are usually mm. made of plastics. So maybe you're like on the same. Well, I don't things. know. They have origins like all the way back to like feudal Japan, and probably even further back than that. I mean, definitely I, further back than uh, that. I bet you. Where they I weren't made out of plastic. So. Yes, I'm inclined. Would you say? I just. Alex is speculating on the history of uh, flip flops. <laughs> it, it goes one expected it. Uh, I, I don't it, know where they got their origin from, but it's very funny. That's where you went to. They, they, I just thought about them wearing them with socks. Um, yeah, fair point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just an atrocity. Like it shouldn't have ever happened, mm. and it fair was like, clearly a big mistake. Do you do you ever wear flip flops, James, that go between your toes? 
I'm I hate flip flops. Actually, I I don't like having my feet out in public. It's weird. <laughs> I guess that means James got some weird feet. You know, I feel like we need to do a little service for our dear listeners. What are you doing? Origin. Oh. Of flip. Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, wow. Originating as early as ancient Egyptians in 1500 BC. Uh, There you go. Way to go, Egyptians. Oh, wow. The people that make a pointless pyramid also made flip flops. Alex, get off your high horse. (laughs) Pyramids are awesome. All right, listen, wow. that was that was a fun icebreaker, but now I think it's time to hop into some of those ooby, scooby, gooby, uh, creepy science experiments that we've been talking about. Ooby, scooby, ooby. And wacky. Not all of them are scary, okay? James did say that they were wacky. Mine is interesting and also terrifying. Oh. But, J- Alex, you know... Hmm? I know that you're always like, I want to go first. I, I do. I so like here you go. I'm oh, giving wow. you the spotlight. I want to dip my toe into two different topics. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Achiever. Well, you haven't listened to me yet. Are you Let's making up that. for last week's episode where you didn't do any research at all? How do you know? <laughs> so my first one is that they've now made lab-made mini-brains that grow their own sets of eyes. Mm. So, what? Yeah. So these are little organoids, which is... Organoid. Yeah, isn't that a, a fun, fun name? Word. Isn't that a fun word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so or- organoids are actually, by definition, sm- miniature versions of organs. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and it's usually, I mean, always, <laughs> grown by scientists in a lab from stem cells. Okay. Right. And they're able to, you know, make these things into just about anything. Uh, but recently, they made these mini brains, and these mini brains started to develop, even on their own, optic cups. Well, that's creepy. Now, optic cups yeah. are something that they've been able to make for a while as well. But these optic cups have been, even had uh, light sensing cells inside of them. So, like cones and rods. Yeah, some sort of. Detection device, eyes, yeah. I guess. Is Cones the best probably, way to but put it. probably not Raj, yeah. Thank you, James, for the assist there. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the, these can send signals to the brain. Now, the brain, just to, just to be clear, it doesn't have enough neural density to be self-aware. It looks like an egg yolk in it the does picture look, that it you does, showed it me. Does. It just floats around in a petri mm. dish. Um, Life. Yeah, but you know, if we, we've always we've used this word before on the podcast, so organoid is fun, but so is ganglion. Ganglion cells; oh. those are in my story too. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, these have some ganglion cells floating around on them. But really, the interesting thing is that this picture of it, and people need to look it up. It's just a little haunting little, <laughs> uh, little white egg yolk or yellow egg yolk with. Two little black dots on it. Yeah. It looks like. And it's just the fact that we can even create this is a little disturbing. Now, the whole purpose mm. of this isn't some nefarious plan. I'm sure it is. At least but it all they always say that. They haven't they haven't said it. But the the purpose of this is to be able to st- study how fetuses develop their eyes and also how to be able to maybe treat some of these things very early on like in the womb like in the womb okay. if there's an issue 
Um, and so they created 314 of these brains. 72% of them created nice. automatically created these optic cups. Mm. So you just look around. Isn't that weird? That's a bit bizarre. Very. Oh, so so. Were they, were they expecting that? Like, were they trying to do that? Or was it just like, oh, shoot, this thing has eyes now? I think, uh, you know, that's a good question. I think it's one of those things you're like, ah, I want to play with this little cell. I might shock it a little bit in one spot. Oh, it's got eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, what goodness. I think it is. And what's interesting is the optic cups appeared about thirty about thirty days into the the experiment. Is that when babies start to form? Their exactly eyes? right. And so that's about oh. the time babies start to form their eyes, and then they matured within fifty days, which is like like you just said about how the the, the retina develops in a human embryo for little babies. So so is this mm. a human brain or is it a different creature brain? That's my last question. This is a human brain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, these are from stem cells, human okay. stem cells. Okay, all right. So yeah, I mean the whole pur- the whole purpose of their studies is to make little miniature versions of humans. of everything. Like little, yeah, 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 little humans. Monkey they literally throw a little lemmings. Nice. <laughs> the ethics of this of this experiment worry me, but mm. yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. have AI make everybody uh, jobless, but then we'll all have little itty bitty teeny tiny uh, slave lemming people. Oh so gosh, it balances geez. out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They work on our shoes overnight. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> the flip flops? No, not flip, <laughs> not flip. Yes, flip flops probably because they fall apart the easiest. Anyway, all right. These retinal, the retinal cells that we were talking about, Kylie, we're getting so off topic. Uh, well, yeah, you just reminded me of when I was in England. CC. Sorry, what? They actually responded to light. The eyes did. Yes. Did they? What, how did they respond? How do we know that they responded? I I would imagine they measure the uh, neural activity in the brain. Okay. Well, that's... The organoid brain. That's terrifying. Yeah. And the organoids also formed lenses and corneal tissue. I'm sorry if I sounded weird right there. I was whispering it almost into Cece's ear. Yeah. For some reason. That was weird. To make it creepy. All right. But yeah, so very, very interesting. But overall, they're, they're just trying to understand uh, some of the mechanisms behind retinal disorders and, again, how to treat some of these things, maybe even in uh, unborn babies. Well, when you, mm. when you think about, like, the human body creating humans, it's such a bizarre yeah. process to think about, like, how it happens. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, all of a sudden... My body is creating human bones and flesh. And it's just like, what? And it's not something that you can just like look into very easily because it's all within a person. So it's not easy to research unless you have something like an, or, or, an organoid. Yeah. yeah. A little baby organoid. All right. My What's favorite your... arcade game. <laughs> What's your next experiment, Alex? My next one. And, but, and just so the shout out to Life Science for, you know, kind of guiding me to these. I appreciate it. Okay, so it turns out that on a remote Finnish island, there's a population of butterflies. I like butterflies. Yeah, there's also a population of some other stuff. Okay. And it turns out all of it is because of a very stupid researcher. (laughs) <laughs> what? Ika Hansky. 
Ika Hansky, okay. 30 years ago. James, do you know about this? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, 30 years ago, introduced uh, Glanville Fertillery Butterflies okay. to the island of Satonga in the Island Archipelago. And so his whole idea is he brought these butterflies and he's like, it's an isolated island. I want to release these things and watch how the population survives. Oh, and he didn't even consider. Okay, I got it now. <laughs> well. Yeah, spoiler alert. Hmm. Butterflies have what, Alex? The parasites. I was also going to say wings, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they have wings. <laughs> they have wings. But they're not that yeah. this island is not close enough to at least. Oh, okay. No See, I, I saw it going in a very different direction. Oh, no. Gotcha. <laughs> no, that would have been much more fun. But um, mm. no, the uh, the butterflies can't actually escape the island, but okay. they did show up with a trio of parasites on them. Oh, That's I awesome. have heard of this. The nesting <laughs> doll parasites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ru- the Russian doll. Yeah. Yes. So it had one parasite in it. And that parasite had, had parasite? two other parasites in it. Oh. <laughs> what do these parasites do? Well, there's a... There's Parasitize. A <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the the parasites... All right, there, there's the Hyposter horticola. They eat the caterpillars after they're injected from the inside out. Ew. Mm. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. They, they burst out of the host's abdomen like an alien movie. And then they spin yeah. a cocoon. That was the inspiration, actually. Oh, look at that. This, yeah. this was it? Well, parasitic wasps that parasitize caterpillars like this in general, yeah. And then inside of that parasite, <laughs> there are two more. It's a hyperparasitoid. It's, uh, it's, and this is a parasitic wasp. The Musicorus stigmaticus. <laughs> Good try. And the third species is a bacterium, the Wallabachia pipientus, which makes mm-hmm. the um, horticola more susceptible to the stigmaticus. Okay. All <laughs> I right. really just wanted to say all these things that yeah. I know nothing about. But all three of these things show up on this caterpillar, and they're all fighting over its body. Like the, the horticola kills the caterpillar before it can be killed by the stigmaticus. Okay. (laughs) And so the hyperparasite, like, burrows out 10 days later after, like, fighting its way out, and it eats the worm and some of the other parasites that are on it. So it's just... It's an all-out yeah, bloodbath. Just to clarify, hyperparasite refers to a parasite that parasitizes another parasite. So it's that's bananas. Like they're like it's just parasites on parasites eating each yeah, other. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, elephants all the way down, but with parasites. How, how did this affect all the other animals on the plant on, or on the island? Well, or is it just affecting the butterflies? It's really just affecting the butterflies. Hmm. And but what, what's interesting about this is. The expectation of introducing something like this, like a butterfly in a very limited, like this is a 10.4 square mile island. Mm -hmm. So the expectation after this started to happen was that the parasite, I mean, the butterfly would get wiped out Mm -hmm. because some of these, um, some of these parasites are the parasitic wasps. Parasitoids. 
Yeah, the parasitoids and the, the parasitic wasps, they're able to track all of the eggs down for caterpillars mm. and just eject them. Like, like they have no problem. Like, it's very easy for them to find them. So the fact that 30 years later, they're still all there is really incredible, actually. Mm. Now, it hasn't destroyed the ecosystem or anything like that. There, there are opportunities where certain plants could go extinct on the island because the butterfly could eat too much. Um, certain weather patterns could wipe out the butterfly if it's not getting its food. Um, and then also, what's, what's really strange, though, is that even though the butterfly has almost got extinct a couple times on the island, it somehow managed to come back and thrive. And it's mostly probably because somehow... The, when the scientists brought the butterflies over, they were incredibly genetically diverse. And so mm. it's, it, it hasn't resulted in inbreeding through all this time. Now, mm. some of the parasitic wasps have been able to get off the island because they're really great flyers. Like They can outfly a butterfly. Yeah. And so a couple of them have gotten off, but it doesn't seem to cause much of a problem. Um, and they seem to be doing okay, but some of the other parasitoids have resulted in inbreeding because they can't fly as far and they're stuck uh, into a small area. And sure. so they, they haven't had enough. Now they're inbreeding. And they'll, I mean, I would imagine eventually you're probably going to wipe yourself out. Well, they could go the other way around too. Inbreeding can also lead to, it's just one of the reasons why islands are, are so diverse. Like we talked about Madagascar could also lead to a lot of mutations and some of them oh. will be bad. But some of them might be good. For the parasite, not for us. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, yeah, all of yeah. this craziness happened because some guy thought he just wanted to go observe some butterflies, and he ended up, ended up introducing all kinds of other things. But you know, a lot of people oh. look at this as like a, the perfect example of, like, don't take <laughs> these things. Like, don't take, it, don't take invasive spe- or other species somewhere else until you completely understand them. Yeah. You know, it's funny, a long time ago, like like centuries ago, probably before America existed, Jonathan Swift actually wrote a poem about hyperparasitism. It's just a little quatrain. It's, so naturalists observe a flea, had smaller fleas on him that prey, and these have smaller fleas to bite them, and so proceeds ad infinitum. Oh. Yeah. James, how do you have all that stuff memorized? I did not. Oh, oh! You pulled it up on your computer. He, he looked oh, up. You're right. You're right. No, never mind. Poems, I had outside. it in my brain. Never mind. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the magic of recording. Oh <laughs> man. Okay. Well, listen. It's my turn. Yeah. James, you're going last. I hope that's okay. That's fine with me. All right. So I am talking. I'm. I'm gonna get all Benjamin Button up in here. Okay. Okay. Are you gonna start sounding more and more like a baby as you go along? Oh gosh, I hope not. That'd be if if I start doing that. Please hit me over the head. No, um, the science experiment that I'm talking about aims to manipulate human age. So the science experiment I'm talking about aims to manipulate. Alex, stop it. <laughs> well, it was carried out. Okay, so it was carried out at Harvard Medical School. The, the first one I'm going to talk about, led by molecular researcher David Sinclair, mm-hmm. and it it was published in 2020. And he's actually been studying this for decades, trying to make old people young again. Uh, and it's called the Benjamin Button Effect. So Sinclair and his team, they carried out this experiment with mice that were siblings. So they were from the same litter, same age. 
And they have a picture of the the mice in the CNN article that I got most of my information from. Uh, and it's like, okay, these two mice are from the same litter, but one looks like it's like, you know, a, a, a nice, healthy, young mouse. And then the other one mm-hmm. looks like it's gray and old and, uh, you know, all just kind of nasty. Miss. Hmm. So they, they basically reset aging cells back to stem cells so they could start fresh. And their first breakthrough was with old mice who had damaged eyes. And by resetting those cells, which I'll tell, tell you a little bit more about how they did that in a minute, but the mice regained their eyesight and it was even better than before in some cases, Ooh. which Ooh. sounds crazy. It sounds like science fiction, right? Yeah. yeah. But people have been studying this for literally like, centuries trying to make people young again you know back in the old days it's like oh take this mixture of arsenic and uh, molasses and it's gonna make you young again so before sinclair's work <laughs> arsenic and molasses. don't do that please don't do that it sounds yes, like something they definitely try yeah back in the mm. 1800s no but before sinclair's work there was another scientist working on doing the same thing dr shinaya yeah uh yeah yeah, and he actually won a Nobel Prize for his work on the subject in 2007. And he did it with human adult skin cells. But there was one hitch, you guys. The skin cells, after he basically turned them back into stem cells, they couldn't remember what kind of cell they were supposed to be. Oh. So, yeah, so it caused, you know, problems. Like, okay, I'm going to turn this skin cell back into a stem cell. And then it's like, oh, am I... a skin cell am i a blood cell am i a you know a a brain cell what kind of cell am i so it didn't really do much but it's still just like breakthrough because how who does that who turns cell back into a stem cell Hmm. so other labs built upon this scientist's work to try and solve the problems that he was facing and uh all of the other science experiments studied mice and in some cases with some of the other experiments the mice developed cancer, so still problematic. And that's where Sinclair's breakthrough came through and kind of like fixed all of the issues that they were facing. Basically, they took the Yamanaka magic and they injected it as a type of virus into these mice's eyes where they had the damaged mm-hmm. eyes. And then they gave um, the mice an antibiotic that triggered the virus to basically turn on the genes that then reset the... Um, the cells back to their younger versions so the Mm. mice could see again and it worked so far they've reversed damage to mice's eyes muscles and the brains of mice and now they're working on trying to figure out how can we do this the entire body so this entire body can be like swall like a like a you know a fit teenager you know Mm. but it is not permanent that's important to note so over time the mice do begin to get older again but then they just repeat the process and the mice is like new again Hmm. So it's just like, mm. it kind of reminds me of the immortal jellyfish. Take your medicine. So Sinclair, <laughs> Sinclair of the experiments, he says, quote, we know that when we reverse the age of an organ, like the brain in a mouse, the diseases of aging then go away. Memory comes back. There is no more dementia. And I believe that in the future, delaying and reversing aging will be the best way to treat the diseases that plague most of us, end quote. Mm. Which like sounds so promising and interesting, but also I don't know. It just kind of gives me pause because aging is a natural process, and so being able to scientifically what if you can fix dementia? I know. Well, that's the thing. That's why it's so troubling for me is because I see so much that good that could come from it. 
But they're saying, you know, with this stuff, people could live for hundreds and hundreds of years. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. An investor, uh, an investor who, according to CNN, was planning on working with Sinclair. I don't know if that actually pushed through or not because this uh, article was from last year, so it's not that old. Sure. But uh, their name was Whitney Craig, and they say of the whole experiment, quote, Sinclair's research shows you can sh- change aging to make lives younger for longer. Now he wants to change the world and make aging a disease. Hmm. What do you guys think of that? Well, James, I mean, I think you've said it before, but aging is kind of a disease because it's just yeah. a breakdown of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And really, it's just an evolutionary adaptation to not get cancer as easily. So I think uh, I, I'm just going to echo what I said last episode. I think it was if uh, if we can effectively prevent cancer from forming, then the next step would be to prevent the thing that we evolved to prevent cancer from forming, which is senescence, aging. Aging. Well, they say that it's a long time coming before we could actually see human trials, uh, but Mm. they do think that it will happen in our lifetime, like the human trials Mm. will happen in our lifetime. So like when we think about like our kids, interesting thing about, but an even older study basically did this exact same thing. And this is, this is a creepier study. That they did the same thing to reverse aging in mice, but they used young blood to restore youth uh, in mice. I heard of that. Yes, yeah. so I think that I think that Stanford led these studies, if I remember correctly. They're creepy AF because yeah. they basically the way that they did it was they sewed together the skin of two mice, one young, one old. Ooh. They connected yeah. their circulation systems, and then with the young blood, the older mice started to get younger. It's like, yeah. yo, there's a better way to do that. Come on. Yeah, and the, like and the younger the mice. mice also, like, they actually couldn't enter people's homes the way normal mice do unless you invite them. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, uh, that's what uh, he says. That this neuroscientist uh, named Tony Quiscure from Stanford basically was saying that at all of these meetings, it, he says, Quote, it's still a bit creepy for many people. At meetings, people talk about vampires. But mm. at the same time, this researcher said that he thinks the unease will give away to excitement um, because he thinks that people will be like, oh, wow, I can be younger if I have, you know, young blood. blood? And I, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't I don't really necessarily agree with him. I think that what Sinclair's team is doing is much more promising, but. My my question, like ethically, is like, where do you get that young blood? There are so many conspiracy mm. theories out there right now, yep. and I won't dive into these just because they creep the heck out of me. But mm. you know, there are a lot of celebrities that continue to look younger and younger as they yep. get older, and a lot of people think that some celebrities have already kind of tapped into this type of. Uh, activity to keep that youthfulness i have no idea i'm not saying that i believe in any of those very confident from what i've seen that yes there's 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 some spooky stuff afoot there's some spooky stuff afoot i i yeah it's i don't know it it troubles me especially with that stuff because it's like where do you get the young Mm -hmm. one you know Mm. yep from the reserves i don't like Mm -hmm. it i don't like it one Mm -hmm. bit Mm -hmm. But you guys, Sinclair, on a more positive note, okay? Sinclair did have some tips on how we can stay young without the medical intervention that's not available just yet. He says, number one, focus on plants for your food. Eat lots of vegetables, Alex. Veggies. Eat less often, so eat what you need, but don't eat 
more than that. <clears throat> Get sufficient sleep. Lose your breath for 10 minutes three times a week by exercising to maintain your muscle mass. <gasps> Don't sweat the small stuff and have a good social group. That's what he says. He says wow. It's a really good way to stay youthful. Thank you, Sinclair. But what do you guys what do, what are your guys thoughts on this experiment? Are you yay or nay? What do you think? I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little timid about the the idea of everlasting life, but I'm not timid about curing diseases. Curing diseases. Yeah, I just don't like the delivery method. You know, blood should be delivered not intravenously, but through a, a pewter goblet. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the blood transfusions I have problems. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if it's donated, but you know there's going to be Well, it has market. to be young blood, and a young oh. person is not going That's to weird. No, donate no, their Not blood. about that. Do the stem cell thing. Don't do the young blood. No. Mm. I, I don't know. At the same time, stem cells also, like, like Gwen, come on, I need my transfusion. Because we know where <laughs> stem cells come from. So I, <clears throat> I have a lot of problems with a lot of this just ethically. But, you know, I've watched The Good Place, and I know what happens when people live for a long time. Oh, yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Long, yeah. They eventually yeah. get bored, no? Oh, yeah. This. Yeah. If you haven't bored. watched The Good Life, or The Good Place, I'm sorry, The Good Place, watch mm. it. It's a really good show. But make sure that you start at the very beginning, because my brother watched that show, but he started at the very last episode of the first season, which Why is Why would you do that? Okay. He, he didn't realize that. I don't... Don't ask me, James. But anyways, okay. <laughs> that's my experiment. James, it's your turn. All righty. I've got uh, three short ones and a big one. Um, or maybe they're all short. I don't know. We'll find out. So the reason why I have three short ones is because they're all tied together. Um, oh. Actually, yeah, two... Two other ones. Anyway, don't worry about it. I got a bunch. It's so, the crossover event of the century. Yeah. So first of all, this is this is not so much an experiment so much as it was foolishness. Uh, more on that with the another one of these. But uh, there was a fella who had some mental illnesses, and I feel bad for him for that. And he was mm-hmm. desperate. And when people are desperate, they they try desperate measures. And uh, this fella, he had been making uh, psilocybin tea for those of you who don't know that's magic mushrooms Ooh. and uh he it wasn't really helping so he decided well i'm gonna inject it so he did now uh the problem there is even though psilocybin doesn't normally grow inside of animals in this case it did it actually lived in his bloodstream and he had to go to the doctor because he had a lot of problems he was very sleepy because the, you know, the mushrooms taking his calories his uh, skin turned yellow. He started puking up blood. Not Just not having a good time. Um, hopefully he's getting the help he needs. But what's interesting about it is psilocybin normally grows on manure. And in this case, it grew in a person. Similarly, <laughs> um, in this case, it was an actual science experiment that wasn't still intentionally in this respect. So there's this fella in India. And uh, he's 61. And he's a mycologist. And he's been studying a number of, of different varieties of fungus, including the silverleaf disease fungus, a.k.a. Chondrosterium purpureum. Hmm. Now, that's a plant. I mean, it's a plant. Oh, my gosh. That is a fungus <laughs> that infects plants. It only infects plants. It's known for infecting plants. He's been studying it for a long time, and he knows that it infects plants. But then one day, he had a horse voice and a cough and he was a little tired kind of like that other fella and he had trouble swallowing and he was like what is going on over here 
So he decides he's going to go to the doctor and see what's up, assuming it's probably a cold or something like that. They find an abscess uh, within his trachea, and they're like, that's weird. That shouldn't be there. So they, they pierce it, and they test the, uh, the pus as a direct result. And uh, lo and behold, it's full of a plant fungus. It had infected him. It had jumped from a plant to a person. Now, the reason I want to point that out not only is it interesting, but uh, everybody says, oh, well, The Last of Us can't happen because that's bug fungus. Well, we're closer related to bugs than we are plants. <laughs> so just saying, if, if it can jump from a, a flipping tree to a human, well, it may be more adaptive than we ever realized. And like bear in mind, case. this is never, <laughs> no, 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 I don't either, frankly. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this has literally never happened before. Like, ever. It has never transpired. When did it Fungi. happen? Uh, it, it happened in uh, March of this year. Oh, James. Ooh. James, yeah. stop it. Yeah, no, very new. Speaking of mushrooms growing in places they're not supposed to, um, <laughs> this is the last of the Mushroom Trilogy, though, I promise. Um, that's what Your we should call it, the Mushroom Trilogy. trilogy. <laughs> yeah. So, now, we don't know that this is true. I have found very little sources on it, popular mechanics being the best. We don't really know what is going on. But we do know one thing. Mars has something weird on it, which is a big shock. Um, now, there's a lot of speculation that the Mars photos are, are happening on Earth. And some people have pointed out like things that look like mice and things that look like plants and so forth. And most of them, if you look at them with a scrutinizing eye, you could attribute to just JPEG artifacts and be like, you know, that's just a pattern. It's, it's like when a cloud looks like a person and not really a person. You know, the man on the moon is not a man on the moon. That kind of thing. I hope not. Mm -hmm. um, whereas what they found on Mars at first, it appeared to be hematite. Little orbs on Mars. Just little spherical specimens on the sand in the Meridani Planum, which is a part of Mars. And uh, so then they thought, well, that's weird. Let's, uh, let's check on these later and see if any of them have, uh, you know, rolled mm -hmm. off or whatever. You know, just, you know, that's what you do with science. You check on things, right? They decided to check on them a few days later, and there were more spheres. And the original nine spheres that they saw were a little bit bigger. Well, that's not what hematite does. Hematite, while looking spherical, doesn't grow and multiply. So they're looking further at them, and they've noticed that actually some of them appear to have sort of like a shedding on the outside, which is remarkably physically similar to the puffballs that grow all over Earth. I mean, most of us have probably walked in the woods and come across a puffball. So yeah, most people, James. Yeah, all those puffballs. Uh, okay, I thought that that was going to be relatable. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> um, but uh, looking at the uh, the cross sections of some of the craters where they're they're nearby as well shows what appears to be mycelium as well. So the prevailing hypothesis on this is. We don't know what this is, but it's awful similar to fungus. Hmm. So maybe there's mushrooms growing on Mars. Maybe the Mars photos are fake and it's just some desert somewhere. <laughs> but no matter what, something odd is afoot on, on uh, these, these Mars photos. That much we can be certain. 
Ooh. So yeah. Where now, do you the think last it came one, from? Uh, Has it just been there the entire time, or is it just? Uh, like- well, given given that mushrooms reproduce with spores, and spores are incredibly resilient in the face of a number of things that would kill a seed or anything animal, um, I think it's conceivable that there were some spores on the rover. And that's what I was thinking. That makes sense. Yeah, so I think that's the most logical explanation. What's very odd is that there would be enough uh, matter, organic type matter, in the Martian soil to really cultivate anything. So that's even stranger, in my opinion, than the spores turn up in the first place. So very odd stuff. Odd. Yeah. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about, and I wish that I had a voice synthesizer to make a Dalek voice, because I can't do that. Um, (laughs) But... That would be a new phase of matter that uh, is just utterly remarkable. It changes a lot. It changes a lot. And that is the discovery of the time crystal, which just sounds like science fiction in the first place. So what happened was Google, funny enough, were using a quantum computer and they ended up making a new phase of matter. They ended up making a time crystal. Uh, It's so hard to say that without a voice. Uh Yeah, it sounds fake. (laughs) Yeah, it it really does, doesn't it? So here's the deal. Like most crystals, um, well, actually every form of matter on Earth is subject to the laws of thermodynamics, one of which is that there's a a decay, an entropy of energy. You know, a good example, that would be Newton's cradle. You know, everybody's seen those on on office desks, the little ball that goes clack, 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 clack. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Eventually, that energy is dispersed to the point that it can no longer keep going, and then it stops. It's not infinite. If it was, we would have, you know, infinite energy at some point. Now, what's weird about these little crystals is they're constantly alternating between an energetic state and a non-energetic state. So, in other words, instead of having motion running through them and then being dispersed as heat or light or any any of the ways that we normally think of energy being dispersed— Instead, it just keeps alternating back and forth between energetic and non-energetic, and it seems to just go that way forever. So, one, it breaks the laws of thermodynamics. That's, that's one issue. And two, um, one of the weird aspects about it is, you know, normally, again, normally there's an equilibrium that's reached, but it just alternates between two different states, Neither are in equilibrium. It's just a constant back and forth, back and forth. Um, I can't fathom something like that not spelling, if if it's in fact real, and it appears to be real by every uh, researcher who's looked into it. uh, To me, this could absolutely be some means of acquiring infinite energy, because it's just insane. Now, here's the bad news. Uh, nothing that's really big can behave that way. Like, like we're talking about like quantum mechanics, not, you know, the, the kind of things that we would normally observe with big things. But that doesn't mean that we couldn't do this with a lot of these. So that's, that's what I think is more likely. Uh, I think that that could absolutely be done on some level. So time crystals, man, talk about remarkable. There's, there's a lot more that could be said about them, but... Not much that it could be said about them without starting to kind of retread what have already gone over. Interesting. Have you seen the new Ant-Man movie? I have not. But I knew, actually, I'm shocked that Alex didn't reference it. I I thought Quantum Mania was going to be brought up. 
I brought it up this time, Alex. Yes. You're the you're the nerd. Listen, it's yeah. a, it, it was a good movie. I I, I enjoyed it. it. Yeah, I'll like check it out. It. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Disney properties, Kiff oh, is adorable and very funny. It's a great cartoon. What? It's on Disney Plus. It's called Kiff. Oh, I've seen ads for it because we watch a lot of Bluey at our house. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Very I don't similar. know if you've heard of it. Super Kitties. <laughs> Which has a Kiff awesome does look song. cute though. Yeah. Yeah. So you said it's it's a it's a ten out. Very 10 well done, mind. well voice acted. Yes. Highly, yeah, cool. highly recommend. Yeah. Well, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed our odd science experiments episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun one. Great. Enjoy your parasites over there. <laughs> Oof, don't enjoy the parasites. Mm. Also, don't don't go looking for blood. Don't go looking for young blood. You don't need it. Trust me. Mm. Or do you? Um, anyways, Alex, who does our music? Her music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere you listen to music. So until next week, you all, we hope that you can keep Keep it it strange. Strange.